welcome. No mobile phones. No talking or toddlers. And please, no masturbating. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron Loathing. Oh, wait. Welcome to Aaron Loathing, featuring Dr. Jeeves and Dr. Adamer, MD, GED. How to save a bar in 48 hours. Originally titled The Lakewood Review. Under Underground Cartoon Therapy. Originally recorded April 2nd, 2020. Now, without further ado, here's Adam Aaron GED. What the fuck's up, guys? Oh, oh man. Well, I uh, used to be a drinker. I don't drink anymore, okay? Actually, I'm so fucking straight edge, I pretty much would advocate prohibition again. It would force people to have to drink in the holes. But I guess I wouldn't be that big of a dick. I just have drunk centers for you to go to with rubber rooms. Where you couldn't be around people like me who didn't want to fucking be around drunk assholes. Or like people who have already kicked and gotten through it. And still have to deal with these drunk ass dicks. Just the fact that they'll fucking keep alcohol around how Ricky LaFleur said it. You'll fucking drink your s- and smoke cigarettes and shit yourself to fucking death. Oh, they'll tax fucking weed. I think that's fucked up, America. I think you can fuck off with your little taxations on fucking the sweet shit. Anyway, back in the day, we didn't have sweet shit in the one little part of Colorado known as Lakewood. Originally, the show was Lakewood Review with our uh, buddy Arturo. And a fellow uh, friend of his had no idea who the fuck he was. But they were cool as fuck. We do talk about some underground comics. And some other cool ass shit. If you are west of the Rockies, go ahead and call the wild card line at 206-666-5847. Unless you're in the following states, New York, Oregon, Washington, New Orleans, Louisiana, or North Carolina, then call 719-266-2837. From there, you'll be given a list of instructions. It should be feeling better in no time. Otherwise, 206-666-5847. You're burning with what? Gonorrhea is probably what it is. I had to say it. 
Shut the fuck up. All right. We got a show to fucking re-fuck up here. <laughs> and I'll just say it, you know, that bar is fucking gone. And I, I just, I'm glad I did drink. And I'm glad I drank fucking obsessively when I did. But I don't advocate it anymore. And I don't want drunk motherfuckers around me either. And if you get drunk and get around me the wrong way, it's probably going to be your last great mistake. Alright guys, Dr. Jeebs and me will come back here in a second. So hold the fuck on. And we'll get this fucker rolling. After these messages, we'll be right back. Brought to you by Zest. The soap with a different kind of lather. Shampoo lather. To get you a different kind of clean. Shampoo clean. Zest. sweet and sour balls. Three. What's up, guys? Uh, alright, hold on. Three. Alright, welcome back to Aaron Loathing. I'm here with Dr. Jeeves. I'm Adam AirMDGED. We've met in a busy bar. And, uh, we're both sober. Do you drink Dr. Jeeves? I drink maybe an equivalent of six beers a year, if that. About six a year? Yeah. <laughs> so I may have like one or two beers, and then that's that's it. I'd never have three beers. So you're, what kind of beer are you going to get here tonight at this bar, if you're uh, uh, on one of six? drinking Guinness. You're getting a Guinness. Or some type of stout, yeah. And we've been coming to this bar... For forever, 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 at least since this recording started. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the show, guys. We're gonna tell you a story about how your dear Doctor Air back in, I guess it was, two thousand five. I saved this imaginary bar that you're standing in right here. That's right. This, the scene of the crime. I mean, the, the, the miracle. 15th Street Tavern was the name of the bar. It was in Denver, Colorado. I got the better part of three friends there left because the whole place is just fucking cursed. And uh, I thought I blame social media the most because I already was on borderline, not liking half these motherfuckers, but as soon as I saw their crap on social media... I held my head in shame, and af after the seventh year, I was like, what am I doing? I'm brainwashed. I'm seven years circuited into a fucking FBI fucking counter ring, right? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I blame John Denver. You know, the, the, the propaganda for, for Colorado and, and, and Coors, you know, and Smokey and the Bandit, you know, there you go. I blame everybody making, thinking Colorado is cool. And, of course, you know. Did Smokey and the Bandit come out of Colorado? No. Well, they had they had they had a new beer that was coming out, and it was Coors. So that's why they had they wanted they wanted Coors. Uh, so they, they they didn't go all the way to Colorado, I didn't think, but they they went damn near close, and then they picked it up. That's where uh, Mel Tellis picked it up, or something. I can't remember exactly. Big Enus and Little Enus. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> yeah. and that was uh, pre-Mandela Effect Sally Fields. Oh, yeah, Sally Fields, the flying nun. The flying nun, Bridget. Or not Gidget. Gidget, but, yeah, yeah uh, Gidget the Bridget. Uh, beach Blanket Bingo, no, that was Annette Funicello. Yeah, we always mix her up. Yeah, she was hot, though. Definitely hot. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. She, she made, like... <sighs> Mom jeans look good. Like mom jeans were made was made for Sally Fields. She had a nice butt. She was the original surfer milf. Yeah, 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 yeah. For real. Well, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Jan and Dean. Uh, and if you guys want to go, fucking look it up. Anyway, uh, this story's about. You're gonna hear it. I originally was uh, recording this shit. In 2020, coming up on, and it was just like right at spring, and everybody was like, oh my god, a coronavirus. And you so can hear them talk about it on here, you know. And and I'm going to tell you guys in advance, the, I'm recording it the same fucking way that I did then, but now I just got Spotify uh, enhancing the the levels better, so it comes out more even. And at this time, it was just on Anchor. They hadn't upgraded the shit yet. And if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, who gives a shit? Uh, and unless you were podcasting at that time during the virus, off of Anchor, it didn't really fucking matter. But you can hear I'm still, like, in my softer stages. I think for the first 50 episodes, I'm just like, Hey, what's up? Hi, dude, where's my car? No, I'm just kidding. Uh... But, you know, I didn't like how... I like who, how I sound now, like, how I really feel. Like, I just want to rip, rip your larynx out you of really your act. eye socket. Yeah. You sound like you really sound like in real life. Yeah, I sound like I sound in real life. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying... I gotta behave. And I thought I had that kind of mindset, Doc, you know? Yeah, well, it's good that you uh, you went back to your real true self. You can hear it, though. I was trying to open up to more people, but this was just a long line of scrimmage through a, a long line of episodes. Oh, I'll keep illustrating the story as it goes down the Requiem for a dream hole. You know? It's just, that's it, you know? Uh, last exit to Brooklyn. There you go. There you go. Anyway, I did you know, <laughs> Requiem for a dream, that's pretty rough. But at one point, uh, and I'll cap it off what happened to the bar at the end of it too, man. And uh, and what the book was and all that shit. 
um, and uh, how important all this was. When we come back with Dr. Jeebs here in the bar, go ahead and get your Guinness, motherfucker. I've already ordered my second one. Did you tip? Did you already tip? Did you already tip? I didn't close the fucking tab, Ducky. Oh, you fucker. Yeah, order another one yourself. We'll be right back. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. After these messages, we'll be right back. Brought to you by... Thirteen. Eighty-six. Anything to report? Top secret. New bright white pepsinet with zirconium silicate gets deep bright white. Gotcha. New pepsinet with zirconium colloate gets zirconium chromate. Zirconium colloate. Zirconium New pepsinet with zirconium silicate gets teeth bright white. Gotcha. <laughs> Get Smart has been brought to you by Lieber Brothers, makers of new bright white Pepsodent. Now with a special polishing agent, Zirconium Silicate, to get even hard to whiten teeth their whitest. We now return, dude. Holy shit. Told you we fucking would, motherfucker. Why you guys gotta freak out so bad? Hey man, I just got a text message from my friend Art, and he wants to do this fucking show. He says he's fucking run the fuck up, so let's give this motherfucker a call. Alright, we're going to try this motherfucker again. He said he's got a special guest with him. I have no idea, but I'm going to let these guys vent because they're pissed off about being in fucking quarantine just like the rest of us. Alright, hold on. Calling him right now. Alright. Yes, fucking do it. Jesus, man. Technology, whatever. Alright, we're calling this motherfucker. Wait, you ain't got an answer now, motherfucker? Hello. Yo, what's up? Nothing. Just sitting here trying to grab a, a beer and take a quick kiss before you called and uh, <laughs> get on the podcast. Are we on or what? Yeah, but you can piss on the podcast. I don't I give a fuck. Piss. We already, already pissed and threw a shit and fart. And... Fucking rad. My friend's uh, playing a little Zeppelin on his 12 string. I can hear it. You hear it? Yep. My buddy Ed, I don't know if I ever introduced him. Was he, is he a Tennyson tapper? Was he down at the 15th Street Tavern? No, he never went to the tavern, but... Uh, he, he uh, used to hang out at uh, uh, the music center, Colorado Rehearsal, with me. Oh, okay, all right, all right. He used to go to Vandy Bar and uh, Tarantulas with me, but I never got the chance to go down to the tavern. His Tarantulas gone now? 
Is tarantula still there or is it gone? Huh? Tarantulas, is it gone or is it still there? It's still there. Alright. It's, it's gone now because it, all the bars are still there. Well, yeah. That's a bullshit. <laughs> Everybody's locked can't in, go, buddy. Can't even go shoot no pole, man. That's, that's what me and him always go do. You always like to shoot pole together. It is bullshit. <laughs> what you smoking? You got some smoke at least, right? Got me a, got me a vape can. Bought me a brand of uh, ash oil. And I got me two packs of smoke, of course. Fuck yeah, you better. Yeah, I'm just back. I'm stupid out here. You're in fucking Lakewood? Yeah. Lakewood, Colorado. Nobody out here in Lakewood's got the coronavirus because they're all, all over at the park. <laughs> Walking around the social distance. <laughs> Dissing themselves from each other. Well, I'll be jogging around the park, and they see somebody walking around, and they'll, they'll yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're stepping in goose poop. I remember the goose poop. I think Lakewood's always done pretty well about social distancing itself altogether. Anyway, <laughs> good fences make good neighbors. I remember doing just living over there off of Fenton and Colfax. You know where that fucking uh, Mount Vernon apartment building is over there? I don't know if it's still there or not, but it's like this old brick building and then the Dollhouse Cafe was across the street. I don't even know if that shit's still there or not, dude. That was years ago. That's almost in Golden. Fenton? No, it's just like right past Sheridan. Oh, it's Sheridan. Right past it. It's just like five blocks past Sheridan or whatever. Oh, yeah. Broccoli music. <laughs> that place was grim already, man. All you could do was sit inside and watch TV and read comic books anyway, you know? There wasn't much. <laughs> I don't remember anybody like, oh, I'm out on uh, Colfax and Lakewood having a good time just hanging out by Sheridan. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, way to kill time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh yeah, I was totally writing comics over in that area. But at that time they had a uh, Ark and Salvation Army and there was a couple other thrift stores and it was yeah. it was right before fucking eBay, right? So we would just <laughs> me and my buddies would just raid those fucking toy shelves. Always find some like precious little gem in those motherfuckers too, you know. And goddamn ninety dollar figure, and then all of a sudden eBay comes out, and everybody's like conscious about what they're putting at the thrift store, and like, ah, oh, you fucking blew it. <laughs> I mean, some of that stuff is valuable, I'm sure. You, you remember? You remember Pam? Mm-hmm. My brother's. My brother's. Uh... Ex old lady Pam Fuentes uh, 
she used to collect all those uh, little toys. You ever remember that? She said, well, you go in her house and she'd have all the toys hanging on her wall and stuff like that. They're still brand new in the package. I remember she had all these like little collectible little devil uh, toys. Or something like that. Little devil toys. He, she did have a bunch of stuff, man. Did, did I tell you uh, I saw my brother uh, Chris and my brother Julian uh, a couple of weeks ago? Uh-oh, what happened? It was my brother's, uh, my brother Chris's 50th birthday. All right. And uh, Julian was uh, in town from Pueblo, and I got to see my nephews and nieces. And pretty cool. It kind of ignored me a bit because uh, I was the star of the show when I walked in the house. But everybody's like, where have you been? Where have you been? <laughs> As far away from here as I can. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Fucking quarantine. I can't even imagine what it's like right now out there. I'm afraid to go down my, my brother's house or, or, or go visit anybody because everybody uh, acts like fucking virus or some fucking bullshit. I know. It's, it's stupid. Can't even go to work and feel safe. And uh, I'm, I'm essential too. I'm an essential worker too. I can go do construction and everything and this and that. And my bosses let me go. And it's like, I'll be essential uh, here real soon. Uh, I can go. I got, I got, a, I got a, a letter in my pocket. I can walk around and stuff like that. I and mean, the cops can say nothing. They pull me over. And I can say, I'm an essential worker. I'm going to work. I'm coming home from work. Hmm. So when are you going back? You never feel like it. Well, that's nice. You never I can. And all my other friends can go back to work. Like all my 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 industry friends. When I can make my own hours, you know, my own hours come to zero. I have a lot of friends that work at the bars and stuff like that, and they all fucking lost their jobs, and they're fucking, they're all fucked. They can't even get unemployment or nothing. They're denying them unemployment. Uh, but they don't have to fucking pay rent either for like a for. They can't pay their rent. They nothing. don't. They don't have to pay it either. One of my friends, she just bought a new car and stuff like that. She just paid car payments. She can't even pay that now. Everything's shut down, dude. This is how it is. It sucks. It's pretty real, too. It's no joke. I worry about everybody, you know. When I think about that fucking uh, Denver fucking airport with the fucking conspiracy bunker under it, it makes you wonder, did they really know about uh, the time period right now or what, you know? <clears throat> and uh, this is kind of what I've been waiting for, not in a positive way, but, you know, you can just see fucking evil minds plotting destruction and... 
It's, well, why do you got to build the fucking airport fucking 60 miles away? And why do you got to build it on fucking uh, Indian fucking burial ground? And why do you got to fucking bear... Build a whole city underneath. Yeah, the whole fucking... I heard that's what it is, too. It's an exact replica of the city of Denver, but it's just under the airport. That's a twilight zone. It, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker, that thing's... You know, Jesse Ventura, remember that motherfucker became... Uh, he was the wrestler that became the... Uh, the oh, governor. Minnesota. That's right. And then he went to DIA. Did you ever see that episode? One of my boyhood idols. <laughs> he went to. He, 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 I listen to everything he says, and I believe most of it. Well, he he did the conspiracy show, remember? And, yeah. And then he did the. Uh, he went to DIA, and uh, the guy came to the bunker door, and, and he's like, "Well, I'm the governor of fucking Minnesota. Can I get in here?" And he's like. You're, you're going to be knocking for a long time. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you know, it's fucked up. Not everything just said I was, uh, I was a believer, but a lot of what he said was true. Jesse Ventura was uh, a smart man. He yeah. A lot of stuff. And people didn't want to believe him. Well, he, he reminds me of one of these guys that... He said too much, and they went and cloned his ass. And when he comes back, he's like half lobotomized. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of people want to shut him up. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought about that fucking comedian guy or whatever. I can't remember his name. The fucking Carlin? George Carlin. No, not Carl. The uh, the black dude that fucking uh, was gone for a while, and then he came back. Dave Chappelle. And it, like he, he looks different, and he and he seems different, you know what I mean. And then uh, there was this. Uh, everybody's like, "Well, you know, he just went through a lot of shit, right?" But uh, yeah. his uncle got on this one LAX talk show or whatever, like some red eye talk show, and was all, "Yo, man, that is not my cousin, or my nephew, <laughs> or that's not my nephew." He's like, "That is not my nephew." He's like, "I know my nephew. I love my nephew." He goes. That is not David. That, I don't know who the hell that is. He's like, what are you trying to say? He's like, I think he's been cloned. He's like, I'll just tell you straight up. I, he's like, that's a clone. He came back a changed man because um, there was too much pressure on him. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the story, how the story goes, right? Yeah, he had a lot of enemies, too. Yeah, but like, who's fucking enemies? Fucking Dave Chappelle. Like, the guy's, like, one of the coolest dudes in the fucking world, like, hangs out with everybody, relates yeah, to everybody. True. That's true, but he was, uh, a lot of people's paycheck depended on him delivering, and uh, the pressure was too much. They that, went after him uh, for tax evasion, too, you know? Yep. Or maybe that was somebody else. <laughs> no, that, well, it happened to, you know who else that happened to was, uh... Randy Quaid. What happened to him? Because um, there was the story about him uh, being signed on, what I heard, the conspiracy in, 
which is basically since we're on the air, that's what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> but uh, um, the conspiracy end of it said that he had signed a five-year Citibank commercial you know, him being a rep for Citibank over and over on these commercials. And then he, you know, that's Rockefeller, right? Well, Citibank is uh, one of the top ten fortune companies. Yeah, Rockefeller is the, the family that runs the Citibank. Yeah, and Citibank is huge. So basically, Randy Quaid found out some nasty goings-on behind the scenes with Rockefeller and decided, oh shit, you know, uh, I'm not going to do this, these commercials anymore. And they were like, you, you're not going to just walk away from a five-year uh, lease agreement with us. So basically, their, their nasty moves were including trying to put uh, stalkers on them to kill them and and then putting uh, MK Ultra on Randy Quaid's <laughs> wife. For some reason, it's hard for me to picture Randy Quaid as a spokesman for City Clerk. I mean, in a way, you know, it's just like if the if the money's right, sure, you know, it's like whatever. Everybody's got to do a gig, but uh, it makes you wonder about guys like Sammy Jackson or. Uh, people that you think you know and all this shit, but really fucking... Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe Namath and uh, Captain Kirk and uh, William Shatner are, are making commercials, and those guys look like they're 90 years old, but they're still endorsing uh, big corporations and getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a convention with uh, Will Shatner last year in New York. I had a comic book that came out under, uh, you know who R. Crumb is, Art? Yeah, yeah, San Francisco uh, underground comics. Mm -hmm. it, yep, and uh, basically what happened was... Uh, Another one of my boyhood idols, by the way. <laughs> me and... R. Crumb is one of my boyhood idols. Yeah, he's, me too, man. I mean, you know, I was like nine years old and... I was reading our crumb shit. I didn't understand it at that time, <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> his, drawings of, his drawings of women were uh, oh yeah, were sexy. <laughs> that was it. You know, you had a, a great artist. I saw a movie, a uh, bi uh, biopic or something about his life. He was one of the greatest artists of uh, the last uh, century. Yep, he pretty much is at the end because everybody that's like twenty and over now or whatever, they don't know who the fuck he is. No, they never heard of them. Yeah, it's pretty amazing too. Like when, the timeline. When I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I read all those underground comics, and he was my hero. That's a fact. Yeah, me too. I admired, I, I admired him as much as Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> They're both artistic geniuses. Did you have a favorite Crumb piece that he did? Um, Zap Comics. Yeah. Yep. Zap comics. Zap was awesome. Yeah. Great cartoons. Funny. All all of his material was very funny and uh, so uh, cleverly drawn. I mm. mean, it was all ink and pen, pen and ink, and uh, he brought those stories to life. They were funny. So <laughs> he did a. I mean, you know, he he created this generation of people that 
wanted to draw things that weren't allowed to be drawn <laughs> yet. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, come on, guys, it's okay. <laughs> you know. He made a poster that was called Keep On Trucking. And he also made one where the guy's holding his face and it's melting. <laughs> mm -hmm. and it was called Stoned Again. Stoned Again. Yeah, that was our drum. He had he this... Had uh, he sold a lot of posters. Mm -hmm. as well comics. He had a uh, comic book imprint called um, Hippie Comics. And he left it to his first wife, Dana Crumb. Who, who in turn left the imprint to a guy named Dan Fogel, who I was uh, published by last year and uh, ended up putting out the first of the, the technically the first Silver Age underground comic books because it's on R. Crumb's original 1964 hippie comics comic, <laughs> comic book really? imprint. And it sounds like it must, must be San Francisco. We will return to Aaron Loathing with Dr. Jeeves and Adam Aaron PGE after they pickle some shit. And what I mean by pickle, I mean smoke it the fuck up. Alright, hold the fuck up, we'll be right back. Has been brought to you by Sea and Ski, America's sun specialist, makers of indoor outdoor tanning lotion. Hands without the sun or with it. Chill the fuck out. Do a bong hit. Come on, hold on. Oh. Welcome back to Aaron Loathing with Dr. Jeeves and Adam RMD GED. Let's get this fucker rolling. Dude. If you don't know what this is, you better go check yourself. Alright, let's get the fuck back to it. Longest back intro ever. Holy shit. Cheers, Dr. Jeebs. I'm having a Shirley Temple with pineapple chaser. Whoa. I three know. Fingers of, three fingers of milk, Ma. Yeah, I, I'm as sober as it gets. I'm on year 13, motherfucker. I'm about to bring back Prohibition. What do you think about that, Dick? Uh, it doesn't bother me as long as we can keep it for medicinal and sacred purposes. But those guys over there in the corner are looking at me right now. They kind of heard that. Well, you didn't like the prohibition part, dude? Ah, go fuck yourself, you. I just think that they've drank enough that even you look good now. Nope, now they got their dick in a fucking... Uh, some football mascot dressed like a fucking... Looks like a beaver. Oh, that's great. I was going to say, there's a... There's a, a furry club meeting here on campus that I saw a poster for. You've done the furry shit before? No, God, no. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what they all say. They go, oh, God, no. No. I just I, saw the Chris Hansen furry to catch well, a fur eater. 
Was there really one? No, you fell for it. All right. Well, was, was yeah. <laughs> no, um, I didn't even know what furries were until they, they actually, I felt like an old person. It was on the fucking episode of CIS, uh, so, or CSI. Um, yeah, just that. I didn't know what fucking furries were. Anyway, was, you know who, yeah. you know who, our crumb dressed like a furry, right? I was going to say, he, he's totally a furry. He he did the furry thing. He uh he had to have right. Oh yeah, no he I he totally has had a foxtail butt plug in his ass. Oh yeah, man, without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, that's just my professional opinion. Okay, I'm just you know if that's not true, that's fine. Uh, but, well, you know, I've heard I've heard things in the winds of the broken winds of time. <laughs> the, the, the annals I mean the annals the, the anal, annals of time? somewhere deep in the annals of time of crumbs annals uh, okay so you know basically this guy that we're talking to by this point in the show this is art right uh, nope that's not art that's the other guy the other guy yeah art's the one that looks like fucking he's you know, he's a Mexican dude, and then this guy who's talking to me, he's a, he's a black dude. So he just, uh, he doesn't sound like he's even from Earth, necessarily. He kind of has this, oh, hi, I'm from the, I'm from south of the Orion Belt. He's got this really delightful thing, right? But then he's got, yeah. like, ADD all hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then you know. So I'm about to finally bust out here. You guys are gonna hear it, uh, the actual story, and then I'm gonna tell you the fucking real story and waste more time of yours, so you can get through another boring ass night of a uh, whatever the fuck you're doing. Or Doctor Jeeves, he he, you know, he makes it a little bit more exciting than it used to be. I gotta I gotta tell you, man. I love you, buddy. I love you too, man. <laughs> this is how you gotta talk when you're in the bar. Oh, what's up, brother? Uh, hey, oh, what was the old Budweiser fucking thing? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> of Jello Gelatin, the light dessert with fresh fruit taste. Like, okay, dude. Welcome back to Aaron Loving with Adam Aaron D. G. D. and Dr. Jeeves, that little fucker. That son of a fucker, motherfucker. Like, okay, dude. Welcome back to Aaron Loving. Yeah, basically imagine that was the golden age, right? All that yeah. 
you know, zap and everything. But now we just started the Silver Age. Unfortunately, we don't know where that's really going now uh, at the moment just because of this fucking crisis. But otherwise, outside that, you know, we were the technical first uh, people to, um, you know, me, Mike, Diana, and John Orlando, we put out a trilogy of books. Uh, mine was called The Condemocrats. <laughs> were they superheroes, or was it like Adam, humor? Adam, uh, Adam, it's Adam. humor, dark humor shit, for sure. What's up, Adam, Art? Tell uh, Ed about uh, the book that you wrote uh, a long time ago uh, with the whole chapter in there about me. Uh, you, you, man, we haven't even heard from you in a half hour. Me and Ed's just been yakking it up. You should, you should tell this part. You should tell this part. Tell him about the book. Tell him, tell him a little bit, a bit about the book, because I know Ed. I'm going to let you tell it. Go ahead. Um, Adam wrote a, a big-ass thick book, and he wanted to get it published so bad I think he went all the way to New York to go get it published. I don't think they would even publish it there. But he came back to Denver and he had this book and there was a whole chapter in the book all about me. Yeah. No, I, how to save a bar in 48 hours. <laughs> that was what happened too because art helped art helped Saved that fucking bar, but uh, basically what happened was the 15th Street Tavern was sinking, and and me and me and my me and my buddy John, we had a two man band thing going. We were supposed to play on Halloween at the 15th Street Tavern, and basically what happened was John, huh? I said, that's a good gig on Halloween. Oh, yeah, dude. And so basically, uh, who was working the bar? It was Melissa. And Melissa wasn't the nicest person all the time, all right? And then uh, she she set me and John up to go ahead and play on Halloween. And then I called up John, and John's like, we're not playing on Halloween. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, she said, and he goes, uh... Melissa said that that's the last day and it closes all early and we're going to have to put seven bands right at the fucking end or right in the early daytime. And basically I had a, my son, what was it? That was 2005, I think. And uh, I had just written that book that Art was talking about. And... Um, I had done this huge trip, and I'll, I'll come back and talk about it in a minute, but at that time, me and Art were inhabiting 15th Street Tavern. We lived in that fucking bar. That was like our home, dude. And so, and Art literally lived in the bottom of it in the catacombs, man. These fucking, like, underground, you know, uh, rooms that fucking used to be... I don't know. They were probably used by congressmen back in the fucking 1800s. <laughs> it just looks old as shit, and then it just looks like... The Prohibition. The Prohibition, yep. And That's where I saw, where I saw all the cockroaches. 
So basically, the the story goes that we nobody had really ever seen. I had never seen this guy who actually owned a 15th Street Tavern, Andy Artzer. He was like this Loch Ness monster motherfucker, right? Nobody's ever seen him. Okay, so he comes into he comes into town. I don't know who he is, but. Jedi is there, and Michael from Otter Pops is there, Melissa's there. There's a bunch of people from bands at that time that were like, they were around, and most of them were kind of just bummed out because now we're like at the fucking tail end of what is the 15th Street Tavern at that time after being in there for fucking years. And so basically, uh, I was talking to Jenai, and Jenai said, you know what, we talked to Andy Artzer, and Ar Andy Artzer uh, said that we could have the bar for 25 grand, and he had offered the same, the same deal to Melissa, but for 50 grand, and then someone else had asked on it, and he said 50 grand to them, so we were the only ones that were getting the cut deal. And so basically, long story short, I went to my buddy who owned a junkyard, he's my brother, and I said, hey, let's drop 25k on getting the bar, and basically me and Art and him and <coughs> Andy Archer and all these guys sat around. So basically, I didn't know who Andy Archer was yet though, right? So I was like, damn, that sounds like a great never, fucking idea. You never met him? Not yet. So basically what happened was this this big jolly guy gets up on the stage and he says, hey, we're going to play a TV theme song game. And he gets up there and he puts on this fucking keyboard. And I got up there with 30 other punks and all this shit. And I, I nailed all the fucking theme songs because I'm a TV junkie, you know? And so I was like, I got all this shit. And then the... Uh, Jedi's like, hey, Andy really likes you. I was like, Andy who? And, you, and she goes, Andy Artzer. And I turned around, and he was the guy who had curated the game. And he was the guy running the keyboard. <laughs> and so, uh, okay, that's Andy Artzer. <laughs> so fucking, we, we got it. I, I went to go talk to my brother at the junkyard. He was like, oh, we'll, we'll do it. We only had 48 hours to buy this thing. And, uh, and Art was like just the backbone of all, you know, and, and nothing ran in and out of there without Art knowing about it. And that was, that was kind of the beauty secured. That was one of the things we were buying was Art, <laughs> you know, we were like, dude, we're, <laughs> he's part of the bar, you know, <laughs> he comes with the bar, you know, so fucking, uh, that was cool, man. We ended up, uh, getting it. Melissa Martin was, we weren't allowed to tell anybody. That's what happened. Everybody, we all had to shut the fuck up. You remember that, Art? Yeah, and they fucking pulled that shit on me, too. And I, and I was like, we're not, allowed, we're not allowed to tell anybody while it's going on. And so everybody's fucking bummed out, but we're not bummed out. I already knew, already knew because he came and did a meeting with us and said that he, he was losing so much money. Yeah. He said we didn't make thirteen grand uh, last week, and that's uh, uh, below our standards, and this and that, and it all went downhill. Yeah, we ended up uh, scoring it though, and uh, we got the money up. And uh, Melissa Martin thought, because she comes up to me and she goes, 
you have to play first during that show. I was like, look, I, I promised my kid I was going to go trick-or-treating with him, you know? And, uh, and, and she said, she goes, you're being so fucking selfish right now, Adam. And I was like, you know what? Do you have a kid? And she ended up having a kid, ironically, but at that time she hadn't had a kid yet. And I, and I was like, do you have a kid, Melissa? And she's like, no. I was like, that shit-eating fucking grin on your face indicates that you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Now I don't give a fuck if it's the last goddamn day on earth. I'm going fucking trick-or-treating with my fucking kid. And, uh, you know, it was explosive to say the least. Really fucking, she burnt my biscuits the fucking wrong way, man. So I remember how cool of a feeling it was for them to have put everybody, we purposefully had everybody keep the original show and cram all these bands into the first four hours. <laughs> and then we did it on purpose and then it was like still open, right? And they're like, oh, well, we're allowed to keep it open. And then, uh, and then uh, I was supposed to show up with my brother and my brother got in a car accident that day. And he, he had just bought the fucking bar, man. So he couldn't... You didn't know that? I remember that. You remember that? And uh, so I had to represent him. But, uh, yeah, we me and John showed up and did our set. As long as he wasn't there with Jenna and said, Oh, we own the tavern now. Well, they knew that they... They knew we had scored it. We already knew... We had already been working on it. That was the whole thing. I was just now allowed to tell everybody, hey, guess what? Me and my brother fucking bought the, the fucking bar. Isn't that great? And then everybody went, yeah. And, uh, and Andy Archer did that thing at the end, and he goes, here's to Adam Air, the guy who saved the 15th Street Tavern. And I was like, I didn't save it. We all did. And that's how it ended. And then the, the credits rolled, and there was like a great rap song at the end of the movie, you know? <laughs> how to Save a Bar in 48 Hours. Starring Art. All right, did I lose you guys? Where you at there? You stoned off your ass or what? No, we just have to get another beer. Oh, I was wondering. You gotta let me know these things, man. <laughs> Get another beer, another puff. <laughs> Let another us know. Beer. Still probably got like about a quarter of a gram of hash. Hash oil on this fucker, and every time I take a puff off of it, I'm good to go. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that I could get you on the show today. It's snowing too. Is it snowing in Colorado? No, uh, it's snowing right now as we speak. Huh. Down. It's beautiful. Huh. Washing all, washing all the pollution away. There's no more pollution in Denver right now because there's no cars outside no more. They're not making all the vacuum bags and mothballs at the beginning of I-70 there. But it's coming down right now as we speak. Nice, dude. I can kind of see it in my head. 
all the times and all the time I had spent there, you know. I was there for a while, so raised my kid out there. That was it. Hmm. I'm going to talk to Julie probably pretty soon. Get him on the show, your brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told you, I, I ran into him and uh, my brother Chris last week, or two or three weeks ago. It was my brother Chris's 50th birthday party. And I haven't seen Julian for like about three or four years, and I haven't seen Chris for about four years. And I went down to his house, and they were jamming away. You should have seen they they, they had it all set up, man. They were, they were going at it. They, were, they had cameras hooked up and all kinds of booze. And those guys don't even drink. My brother Chris and Julian don't even drink. Dirk and uh, Evolution and all the old, some bunch of old Northsiders were all there. It was, it was kind of funny, but they, they were jamming. They were jamming mm. out pretty damn fucking good. <laughs> but it was kind of weird. I haven't seen my brothers in a long time. My nephews and my nieces, they all got big and had fun with them. Time happens, huh? Yeah. I ain't seen Julian. I swear to God, I ain't seen Julian forever. But he accused me of killing his dog's unborn uh, puppy. It's like, what the fuck? It's like, all right, whatever. I'll talk to you for a long time. <laughs> They're all happy to see me. He lives, he lives out in Pueblo. He got him a house out there. Nice house, too. I would you buy good up moving out in Pueblo myself. I'll find some kind of work out there. I wouldn't mind doing it. Out there and kick me back. That's good. Live a quiet life. That's what they do out there. It's a quiet life. Denver's different. I like Denver. Well, dude, check this out, Art. I'm going to wrap this show up, man. If there was a closing song that you would want, what song would you want, man? Which song you want me to close it out on? What song? Would you play it for my buddy, Ed? No, I mean, I'll just close the show. That'll be the music to the, the credits to it. What are you, I thought you were going to play. I thought you were going to play the song. No, I, I don't have a way to play. I can, I can play whatever song you want. You don't got a guitar or what? No. You don't got a guitar? You see, you can't play uh, Mount Vernon for me? <laughs> I wish I could, man. That would be badass. Oh. oh. I know, man. Oh. My buddy Ed right here needs the, the song. You could probably play it. <laughs> I wish I had it on uh, my uh, little uh, digital portfolio thing, too, but I don't. I got it on a CD in my storage unit. Oh, I suck, man. Damn. Can, can, you think, can you sing the lyrics to it? All right. It's all... 
40 months of Sundays. That was pretty great, man. We sing that one for sure. And yeah. Her picture, I got a few of her pictures still. Me and her, like, rocking it out at the tavern. Mom. <laughs> that was good, man. She was good. She'd show her tits. That'd be great. Show her tits and you show your nuts. <laughs> that was a, that was the two worst things about Sunday. Never the two shall meet, <laughs> except on the fucking stage. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he doing? Why is she putting the fan? Why is she putting the fan in front of him? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm wearing a Grim Reaper cape with no underwear. <coughs> Pretty fucking great. He's like, no. Just drifting it on up, man. Just a. Good thing nobody was there. It's a good thing nobody was there for those shows, but. Until <laughs> they found out. I don't know. <laughs> Well, what song you want me to close this show off on? You get to pick whatever classic metal song you want. Whatever you want. Whatever classic metal song. Yeah, I'm just going to go to YouTube and put a song on there. I was curious, what, what metal song right now besides Krakow? Besides Krakow... Hard, that's a hard choice, right? I hate places like this. I hate picking. It's like, like, like picking on a jukebox. I can't stand these fucking jukeboxes anymore. So I can never figure out what I want to play because I'm. Well, how about the music I listen to is totally different. Air dance. Air dance. Fucking Slayer. No, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. Metallic. No. Cliff Burton. Megadeth. Megadeth. That is Megadeth. art. That's totally you, man. I'll just get a good Megadeth track and end it. That's Rad. Rad. That's a great way to end it, right there. I'm gonna jump off here. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. In a world. In a world. That is constantly changing. There's nobody in our family who's ever got a grade 12. I, I never met anybody who's got a grade 12. You have a grade 12, you don't need a lot of balance, why would you? It's nice to know. It is our sincerest regret. What did I get? What did I get? Some things are still... 48. Exactly the same. Out of what? Here we go. 58. Oh.
Ricky, did you ever get your head like when you just won't shut up? He keeps talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, what is that? Thinking, you're thinking. That's all that is? Julia. When I told you to cover that up, I can still see it. Department of Corrections, what the fuck is that? We had to steal the Broadway liquor store to get some startup money. Bubbles. Oh. Do you want to smoke a joint? Yes, please. They're out of jail. How do you like the new park? And the world they knew. Hallelujah. Has changed for good. Can't just fucking let them get away with that. It's kind of like a stupid tax. The stupider you are, the more you pay. This fall. Get suited up. We're doing this. And don't argue with me. But I can't. Don't do it. The crimes are bigger. It's not exactly robbing a bank. It's more like intercepting money transfers. Are the money transfers at the bank and we go in and take them? Yeah, that's robbing a bank. The secrets are darker. Take care of these for me, please. I thought I was the garden manager. How often do you work out anyway? The drinks are stronger. A potential construction accident is about to occur. Who's there, boys? Trailer Park Boys, Countdown to Liquor Day. I'll get this on him, Julian. Take the wheel. Uh, We now fucking return, dude. Holy shit. Let's get this fucker over with. Fucking. Holy shit. Alright, man. That was a cool-ass fucking episode, huh, Dr. Jeeves? We barely made it out alive, I mean. <clears throat> but it's kind of our teeth, yeah. I mean, I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to go to that place again. Because it's gone, right? You know, the one thing they don't bring up on there, too, is Lakewood, man. That was the place right there. I had to smoke fucking brick-ass, swag-ass fucking weed back in the day. They didn't have the deluxe fucking state tax write-off fucking kind bud that they have now gourmet bullshit but you know they did legalize shrooms now too man that's what we should do in your hot tub we should fucking definitely do a bunch of ass shrooms and fucking just trip our fucking balls off what do you think about that dr jeeves you'd like that you want to soak and some psilocybin suds. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's too bad you can't go for further alliteration. Uh, no, that, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, like that, that's a Colorado thing, right? That's where we're going to be. Right there in Lakewood off 5th and Sheridan. Uh, there's a jacuzzi store we're going to break into. You guys can come check it out. Yep. We're it's right next to the... Back. Yep, right next to the Broken Down Camper. It has the West Side Graffiti on it. You got it, West Side Kings. All right. West Side. Arturo, he became kind of a dick. I think when people drink too much after a while. Oh, yeah. And he thought, so he called me up to do an episode, right? I fucking canned it. And he's like, I want to do a PTSD episode. And he goes, he goes, I'm going to kill this, you know, person in office or whatever. I was like, what the, you can't fucking say it like that, bro. And, uh, 
he said it a couple times, and then he got on me and said I judged him for. He goes, "Oh, I thought you were offering up PTSD uh, therapy." I was like, "Well, for one, it's for fucking entertainment, but it is for PTSD relief. You're talking about shit that people want to fucking do that they need relief from, bro." Yeah. You know, and he he mis he misappropriated the fucking whole thing. And I hope he fucking hears this shit and he knows he's a fucking dick for fucking putting me in a spot too like that, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to get in trouble, you know? No, of course not. But I mean, I, I hope he's I hope he's in a better place. I, I I don't know if he is or not, but I know that right after this he wanted to do this anger ass thing. I was in uh Sacramento. I, I I had to wait there for a minute for some shit. I can't remember what I was fucking doing. And uh, he wanted to do the show while I was there, so we did it. And I was like, bro, you can't you can't say it like that, you know. Mm. And he didn't like me for saying like that. He thought I was judging him. Oh well. I wasn't. That's. <laughs> That's, you know, there's certain legalities that go into that, but yeah. regardless, uh, what what did so what ended up happening to the to the bar? What happened was we bought the fucking bar, and uh, I, um, me and my brother put the money down on it inside of nine days. Like I say on the fucking show, we played the show there, and then fucking. Uh, uh, I thought, you know, um, we had it for five years and, and then, uh, so Queens of the Stone Age totally opened up for the fucking first show too. And, uh, it landed us in the fucking, uh, Rolling Stone magazine as being one of the top 20 dives in the fucking country. And, uh, one of the things that happened was. The guys that we opened up the deal with, who got offered the deal, they promised me the side of the uh, outside the mural to draw, and they gave it to some other guy who draws this big daddy Ed Roth ripoff shit. And those guys, and at the end, those guys stuck all the profits up their fucking nose. Of course. Uh, and the Hyatt Regency saw that it was a. Uh, a punk rock bar, and they had just built a 36-story beehive across the street from us. Oh, shit. I was living in California most of the time, dude. I didn't even live there when the bar was... I was just a silent partner in it, you know? And uh, I didn't want to be around after they fucked me over on the mural. I might have wanted to stick around, but I thought the mural and giving it to this douchebag named Sam Turner... I never liked him, man. He was just this little... I'm one of those bicycle preppy guys. Uh, you know, messenger guy. Uh. And I thought they always had their... I thought they always had their thumb up their own ass and ego... Cocaine-driven. Uh, I thought you were talking about the... The fixed-gear uh, hipster people, but... Okay. Oh, no. <coughs> they were all in the same... Coke, Coke boat. Yeah, Coke you know boat. the Coke boat. Uh, and they sucked. 
And the guy I bought the shit with, he wasn't even, he lived way up in the mountains. He didn't have any time to really go and check on everything, so these guys just, they got away with whatever they wanted. And left my brother in a fucking, you know, my brother became a douchebag too after that. And I, you know, stopped calling him my brother, because he really wasn't my brother. But I had raised him, you know, and I'll have an episode about that one time. Uh, what what happened with this guy? It's a darker, you know, thing. Uh, but you know, he had saved the bar, and that guy, uh, Chris Seeger, had fucking uh, that's his name. He had saved the bar. He got in an accident that night. Like I said, he wasn't even there for the opening. He got in some mountain road accident, which he had been in seven accidents in one fucking year. <laughs> And, uh, because he's a drunk dick. Okay, I was gonna say... Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like Trailer Park Boys, why they shouldn't drive in the mountains, you know? Uh, and they're safer in a fucking, you know, chessboard-styled fucking trailer park, right? Uh, but anyway, fucking, uh, you know, this guy, he's a dick. He drives off a mountain. We buy the bar. We had it for five years. Uh, Art lived in the bottom of the motherfucker. And it was these catacombs. And basically, they were service tunnels that went all the way to the Capitol building. Uh, which was about a mile and a half up the road. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, how far back and how like how, how extensive was that, that basement level? It was pretty extensive. And then, like, what happened was you go out... There was an upstairs part that I wanted to always squat, but you couldn't get to. It was just completely boarded. There was no way up. You would have had to have gone through a fucking window on the side up and up or whatever. You probably could have, but I just never did. Uh, and it, a lot, a lot of uh, buildings back then in historic Denver, they were like brothels, you know. And that's what it really was. It was a brothel restaurant where you could get laid and fucking eat, get your libation on, and they had a little. <laughs> Steak and taters. And they had a special little senator's playhouse in a series of fucking rooms that went back probably about two city blocks in Denver, which is, they're not New York City blocks, but, you know, maybe like half of those each one. That's pretty long still. And it, it was just this long, twisted-ass, rusted corridor of rubble. And all this shit. And then you get to the end and there's a stage. And it had a little kid's tricycle on it. It was eerie. And there was all these old seats that were fucking flipped upside down and rusted out. And it was all fucking... Huh? Go ahead. I was going to say you found fucking like uh, Saw's Lair or something. What the fuck is that? Oh, I fucking loved it, dude. It was the Indiana Jones wet dream, bro. I was like, fuck yeah, Art. And, you know... That's Kudos cool. for finding the motherfucker and having the balls to live in it at night. And who knows what the fuck, man, you know? Later on, I'll tell some tell you guys a story about me and my fucking uh, nephew, Carrion, who lives out in Colorado Springs. Maybe we can get a hold of him and get on the show. He's He grows shrooms and weed and shit. He's like a gay activist out there or whatever. Uh near Garden of the Gods, but I took him to the Capitol building and we found, and there was a woman that came out of a fucking panel 
of the Capitol building and she showed us the tunnels. I'll tell you guys more about it on a separate issue when we go into it. But uh, yeah, man. So I saw the end of, I saw where it connected from the Capitol and I could just imagine where this thing went all the way down to the Brown Palace and then uh, up 16th Street Mall to Welton and then over a block and you would have been like right where we were at was like right under a Taco Bell and all this shit there was a whole mall like above us that people were and trolleys and fucking buses were on dude and you know it, it was pretty it was pretty amazing I thought that part was the unseen part of the bar but anyway Long story short, wrapping it up here, guys. Fucking, oh, fans calling in. Uh, hey, Dr. Jeebs. Yo, man. Uh, we got a message for you. It says, uh, need to talk to you about some head and shoulders that you borrowed from me uh, back in 97. What? And then it says, uh, I know that you returned my porn with sticky pages after that and it smelled like blue dandruff medicine. Dude, why do I gotta get this kind of shit from you all the time? Hey, hey. You know, it's good to have reminders. <laughs> you fucker. Oh, anyways, guys, let's wrap it up. Arturo, he turned into a douchebag who tried to fucking, like, get me in involved with the crime. Don't call my fucking number. Thinking this is a suicide hotline. This is not a suicide hotline. Me and the doctor here, we're not actually those doctors, you know. We're like gonzo journalist motherfuckers. If you got a story to share and don't want to fucking get us involved with the fucking crime that you're committing directly, you can go ahead and call us at 206-666-5847. Unless you're in New York, Oregon, Washington... Louisiana or North Carolina, then you can call 719-266-2837, and that's Dr. Jeeves's personal uh, hotline. He'll get to you. He's got a way of handling. He's got a different uh, thing. So, you know, go ahead and follow the automated touch dials and blah, blah, blah. Enjoy yourself. Don't abuse yourself. Dr. Jeeves. If you're going to drink and drive tonight, make sure you take Highway 6. It, there's hardly any light. And, uh... <laughs> all, every neighborhood is connected. <laughs> Don't pull a Sam Kinison, you fucking douchebag. No, I'm... I'm I, I, every, every neighborhood is connected, so I just go from one neighborhood to the next. I don't go to, on any major streets. And to the guy who was hanging out with Art, he sounded cool. Don't know what happened to him. He's probably faded out in the, somewhere west of the Rockies with that old guitar playing that old Zeppelin still. I can only imagine. Yeah. All right, guys. Hang tight. We'll be uh, closing it up, and we'll see you on the next episode, which will be uh, the first episode with Mike Diana. An hour with Mike Diana, Dr. Jeeves and I will be analyzing that as it was part of a sociology experiment once upon a time called underground cartoon therapy. 
And now it's called Air and Loathing because me and Jeeves here are getting totally ripped and tearing it down. And it's all, it's better. It's better. Okay. I don't need your fucking opinions. Go fuck off. All right, guys. Love you. Dr. Jeeves. Love you, too. I'm really okay. Trust me. Everything's gonna be fine. You've been listening to Air and Loathing with Dr. Jeeves and Adam Air MD. G E D. You met me at a very strange time in my life. Decimating one part of your fucking brain after the other. Stay tuned in. Next episode, April 4th, 2020, an hour with Mike Diana. You've been listening to How to Save a Bar in 48 Hours.